Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss cheating in marriage. When I first got married, I was immovable on my stance on cheating. I remember looking to my husband's eyes and saying, if you ever cheat on me, I will divorce you. It felt like the highest standard I could set for myself because I didn't know any better. I used it as a non-negotiable deal breaker that safeguarded my heart. This made my understanding of cheating very black and white. I was not looking for the nuance of the topic, but instead setting an expectation with no depth and a lack of knowledge. The years went on and our marriage grew stronger. We built a home together, we're raising two children together, and we have faced the trials and the triumphs of life side by side. Over time, my perspective on infidelity started to change. I was maturing on a personal level, and our relationship was maturing as well. The once rigid boundaries I had set for myself around cheating began to blur. I had to ask myself again, if I was cheated on, would I really divorce my husband? And in that question, I began to unravel the nuances and complexities that come with the conversation on cheating. According to researchers, therapists, and authors, infidelity is not a simple act of betrayal, but a reflection of the intricate dynamics within a relationship. When I heard this, I was like, this sounds crazy. If it sounds crazy to you, it sounds crazy to me too, because I want it to be black and white. If you love me, don't cheat. But in many scenarios, it is not that simple. So what does that mean? Should I just accept the inevitability of infidelity? No. In this episode, we are diving deep, but my goal is not to convince you to change your stance on cheating or to dismiss or trivialize experiences you may have had that shape your current stance. Instead, I want to offer fresh perspectives and deeper insights. I want to give you an opportunity to ask the hard questions, challenge assumptions, explore your own relationship, and uncover hidden complexities. In this episode, we will discuss what experts say about infidelity, my experiences and what I have learned from them, and how to communicate about cheating in your relationship. As a bonus at the end, I want to talk to those of you who may have experienced infidelity in the past or have experienced infidelity currently in your relationship and you are in between the two, should I stay, should I go, and you're trying to decide for yourself, how do I get through this? Um, with the help of Esther Perel as an expert, I want to share with you some advice and tips to help you overcome this stage in your relationship. If you have been enjoying the content, please follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy, rate us on your podcast platform, and share your favorite episode with a friend. If you would like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Black Marriage Therapy. There, we share and discuss marriage topics to support and encourage one another on our relationship journey. To preface this conversation and to add more context, I want to make it clear that there is in no way, shape, or form that I'm condoning or justifying cheating. 
I think that sometimes when we acknowledge or start the conversation about cheating in any way that is outside of yes or no, stay or leave, then it can sound like that we are okaying cheating and saying that it's okay and justified. But um, that is not what I'm doing Despite the wrongness of cheating and how hurtful it can be and how it can destroy a relationship, it is still something that is important to be discussed. Just like we talk about financial issues, we talk about children, we talk about communication and intimacy in relationships. Cheating is something that needs to be talked about. So just to start us off, I want to talk about some uh, research and statistics that I found about infidelity. I realized when going through all these um, different statistics that there are a lot. Okay, the, the first one being is that infidelity is like the top three reasons why people get divorced. It is very prevalent and also 40% of individuals have confessed to cheating. So it's up there. There's so many statistics, but really what all the statistics showed me is that cheating varies and is so huge across the spectrum. Now, that study that I read of uh, 459 people, I believe, um, they said 40%, but according to Esther Burrell, who's an expert in this, she says it's 25 to 75%. And the reason why there's such a huge range is because everyone defines cheating differently. People respond to cheating differently. Some people confess, some people don't never confess. So it really is a huge range. So as I'm going through these statistics, I want to just start us off on the same level. But I do want you to understand that it is very nuanced, that the statistics, although they matter, I don't know how much you can really gain from it because it it varies so widely. So here are just a few. 40% of unmarried relationship and 25% of marriages see at least one incident of infidelity. Um, But again, statistics also show that 70% of all Americans engage in some extramarital affair sometime during their marital life. So you see, like, these numbers are crazy. But here's another one. 73% of women said that they would be very upset by emotional cheating, and 56% of men felt the same. But women also have more emotional affairs. Um, One study found that 78.6% of men and 91.6% of women admitted to having an emotional affair. That's interesting. Another one said that one study found that 52.1% of people who cheat admit to their admitted to their partner, while 47.9% don't admit it to their partner, but they do admit it to someone else. So those are the main statistics that I found that I thought would be relevant to the conversation. But ultimately, what I received from reading these statistics is that cheating is a reality. Um, This was something that was hard for me to accept because like I mentioned before, if you love me, don't cheat. But from the dawn of time to the Bible, to history, to very important, prominent people, to presidents and kings and queens, cheating is a, a thing. It is a reality that is a part of relationships. However, I want to be clear and emphasize that it does not mean that it's inevitable, that it will happen to your relationship, but it is a real part of relationships. 
With that being said, I do want to add to this segment of the podcast some risk factors for marital infidelity. Um, So this one study is talking about risk factors just for marriage. And then there's another study that kind of breaks it down into uh primary risk and secondary risk and also individual risk. So I'm just going to go through those again, just to establish some type of foundation information um, as we continue this conversation. Some risk factors for marital infidelity are a lack of communication, financial pressures, low compatibility, emotional and physical connect, and a lack of respect. Some individual risk factors are, so these are things that you have experienced on an individual level that may increase the chance of infidelity in your relationship. That is addiction, um, your attachment style, surprisingly. That was surprising to me because I'm like, attachment style, what does that have to do with anything? Um, another thing is childhood trauma, exposure to infidelity in childhood, mental illness, previous cheating, if you cheated before, psychological issues, and of course, sex addictions. So that other study that I mentioned to you guys talks about the reason for cheating. I think that is like one, a prominent question that people ask, like, why do people cheat? Why do people cheat? People have studied this. So in one study, they say there's eight key reasons people cheat. That is anger, low self-esteem, a lack of love, low commitment, need for variety, neglect, sexual desire, and circumstance. That circumstance one was hard for me to accept, but we're going to talk about that later. Another study breaks down those key reasons and says that the primary reasons for cheating are unhappiness and dissatisfaction, feeling unappreciated, a lack of commitment, boredom, body image slash aging, and revenge. Secondary reasons for cheating is the internet, opportunity, poor boundaries, and pornography. So those are some statistics that also address some of the hot button questions like why people cheat and, you know, some risk factors for cheating. Um, But I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which I think is how to have the conversation about cheating in your relationship. Um, Like I mentioned before, talking about cheating can make it seem like you're condoning it in some way. And that's not what that is. But also discussing cheating in a more like in-depth way can seem like an avenue to anxiety, to always thinking about, you know, how do I protect my relationship? Like, what if I'm not meeting? somebody's needs? What are their triggers? And always feeling like you have to be on guard. And that's not what this conversation is at all. So I want to say specifically that discussing cheating preemptively before anything ever happens is not about assuming the worst or accusing your partner. It's about building trust, fostering open communication, and aligning your expectations to ensure a strong foundation for your relationship. It's important that we don't wait until something happens to talk about cheating. Sometimes we just like, I think that we can just assume, right? And just have an assumption that, oh, well, we love each other, so cheating can never happen. Um, But that's a big assumption. And it's important to get on the same page because that is what truly safeguards your relationship is having that conversation. So let's not wait till things are getting rocky and conversations are getting hard or somebody actually cheats to actually have the conversation about cheating. So I want to take you through the step-by-step of how you can have the conversation about infidelity with your spouse. But before that, I want to just take a moment to talk about the whys. It is important that 
when starting the conversation about infidelity that we get out of the why tornado or the why black hole that can suck you in into judging, into uh, creating an unsafe place. So I'll give you an example. I'll start with myself. I couldn't have the conversation about cheating because I was stuck in a whirlwind of why. Like, why do people cheat? And why, if you love the person, would you do that? And why would circumstance be a just the opportunity for making cheating? You know, why this? Why that? Why that? And what happens is all those whys block me from actually having the conversation. Not only that, it kept my thinking black and white because I couldn't get past that to explore the conversation. And also, it in some way, asking why all the time, kept me on my high horse. So let me explain. I Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm not saying that you can't ask questions like, why is this happening? Why is that? If you're in an inquisitive, curious way. But if you are asking the questions why from a place like I am morally pure and I am judging all things (laughs) cheating... If you get stuck in that tornado or that black hole, then you'll never be able to have the real conversation that you need to have. So if you are like me and having a hard time getting out of the why tornado, then maybe you're not ready to have this conversation. What happened with me specifically is that I had to accept the reality of cheating. And I had to do that while talking to myself and saying that, This doesn't mean that cheating is inevitable, but it is a reality. And if it is a reality in relationships, then it can be a reality in my relationship, which means that I should have the conversation, that we should get on the same page. And this is why this conversation is so important. You have to get on the same page and make your expectations known. This makes you stronger together because you can fight together. You can create boundaries. You can create a safe space, an open conversation where if somebody's like, wow, I really felt like this person was attractive, they can have that conversation with you. It took me time to get there. I had to really mature past myself to be able to accept the reality that cheating is a thing. This acceptance also made me get off my high horse of morality because when I'm stuck in the why, I'm thinking like, why would you cheat? Like, you know, if you love me, you would stay. But when I accept the fact that cheating is a real thing, I also accept the fact that I can cheat as well. I think often when we're talking about cheating, we talk about it, you know, as men cheating, but women cheat just as much. And the statistics are 20% men 13% women. There is a difference, but the gap is not that wide. Okay. So women and men cheat. But what I'm saying is that I had to get off my high horse and understand and accept the fact that cheating can happen on any side. And instead of trying to be the judge, jury, executioner, let me get off my high horse. Let me be more mature so that I can have a real nitty gritty conversation with my husband and create a safe place so that we can safeguard our relationship with knowledge. 
So how do you have the conversation about infidelity? This segment may be a little bit long. So if you want to pause or take notes, um, and actually I could put it in the show notes cause that may be helpful to you. Um, I will put it in the show notes as well. But the first thing that we need to do after we get out of the why storm <laughs> and come into some level of acceptance, we have to self-reflect. We have to have conversations with ourselves, ask ourselves, what is my history? Did Was I ever cheated on? Did I ever cheat? Did my parents cheat? How do I define cheating? What are my needs? What are my triggers? All these different questions. Your spouse cannot ask that for you. They can't give you the answer. It's important that you take time and ask yourself these questions before you have a conversation with your spouse. So, and the same thing for your spouse. Your spouse needs to ask themselves these questions as well. So that you guys can come in on the same page and come in with the knowledge to have a real deep conversation. The next thing that I would say when you need to have the conversation about cheating is choosing the right time and place. If you guys just had a fight, don't don't talk about this. It's, it's only going to make it worse. <laughs> okay. If you guys are having sex, don't, don't talk about cheating while you're having sex or it's time to put away the kids and all that stuff. You know, maybe it might be a good date night conversation or it's just finding a time that's like calm and relaxed. Um, is probably a, the best time to address this topic because I ain't gonna lie. This topic is a minefield. This topic is weighty because when you're having real conversations, you are looking into the person and their vulnerabilities and their weaknesses, and you're trying not to judge them. You're trying not to have like moral superiority over them. And you're trying to like really be calm. You don't want it to be in a volatile place, okay? Or in a volatile situation. You want it to be as calm as possible so that you are using all of your brain, you know, to have the conversation. Um, the next thing I would say is to approach the conversation with compassion. As I mentioned before, it is easy for you to be judge, jury, executioner. It is easy for you to have more superiority. It's easy for you to be like, oh, why would you cheat if, you know, you would just cheat if I was out of, out of town or you were cheated on or you cheated before. Ooh, oh my God. God forbid you were somebody who cheated before. Then you feel like, yeah, I definitely have more superiority over you. So let me give you an example. In the list that I was reading about statistics, it said that a reason why people cheat is circumstance, i.e. opportunity. This was very hard for me to accept. I took this to my husband. And I said, hey, I found out that people cheat just because of opportunity. He's like, that is very true. And he was explaining to me that, I guess from a man's perspective, I say that the opportunity to cheat is a real reason why people cheat. And I could not understand it. So I'm like, so you just walk by a piece of tail or you walk by a woman you think is beautiful. And because your wife is out of town, you just cheat on her after 10 years and two kids. And you know, I'm just going in and being extra. Um, and he's like, yes, that is a reason why people cheat. And I'm like, I, I couldn't understand it. And he, he broke it down a little bit more. He said the undisciplined man, opportunity is easy. Any easy opportunity, he's going to take it. But even for a disciplined man, a man of God, a man who is, you know, focused on his family, opportunity, if, if the right combination of things happen, it can absolutely be a trap for even the best of men. So for me, even though that was something that I 
did not agree with and I didn't want to, you know, have that conversation with him. I didn't want to accept that that was a possibility. I had to come in off my high horse and with compassion and understanding that, listen, this is just what it is. Right. But also coming with compassion for your spouse's history and for their ideas and for their beliefs, because if they feel like if they were the cheater or if they have been cheated on and or their history, you don't want to come in and be like, oh, yeah, that was stupid. Oh, that didn't make sense because you're just going to shut them off and you don't want to do that. You want to create a safe environment. This initial conversation is just the initial conversation. I believe that this is a conversation that should continue. And ultimately what you do is create a space, a safe place where if anything is going down, you can come and talk to the person. For example, my husband and I, we have this thing and we don't do it often, but we have this thing where we would tell each other if we find somebody else attractive. And I know that sounds so weird, but we've created a place where it's non-judgmental and you can say, oh, I thought that woman was attractive or, you know, that celebrity is really hot or whatever like that. And it's not like the entire house is going to come crumbling down and the world is over. Like <laughs> we created a safe place where it's like non-judgmental and we have a conversation like, oh, why is that? And, you know, this and that. Sometimes it's it gets funny and sometimes it gets serious. But having that place that we know is going to be compassionate and calm is important. So. The next thing is to share your views and your expectations. Everything that you were reflecting on, you're going to talk about that. So you're going to talk about what you believe cheating is. What is cheating to you? What is the deal breaker to you? What expectations do you have? I want to take a moment to read a response that I got on Instagram. It was so well written and it was so succinct and I related to it because I feel like that's exactly how I feel. And she just really did it really well. So I'm going to read it. I asked the question on Instagram, is cheating a deal breaker for you? Has your mind changed over time about cheating? And how do you define cheating? And this is what she said. I thought it was really good. She said, cheating has always been a deal breaker for me in my past. I think it's one of those things I was taught was the ultimate betrayal. I saw my dad cheat on my mom. And that also solidified the belief that cheating was something you can't recover from. My belief has changed now. I think a relationship can recover from cheating if both partners are committed to healing and preserving the relationship. Would it be challenging? Absolutely. But I'm learning that in marriage, you don't give up so easily, even though that's what society teaches. And then she goes on to say, we define cheating as a relationship with someone of the opposite sex in which you become secretive or dishonest about your interactions with that person. Whether the interactions are emotional or physical, if you can't speak to your partner about them, then it's a major problem. Thank you so much for sharing because that is so succinct. I love that. Um, one thing that she mentioned specifically is that cheating was taught as the ultimate betrayal. And it's not that it can't be, but it's so much more complex than that. So I resonated with that, but also her saying how she changed her mind and she realized that if two people are willing to work on it, that they can. And then also her definition, it's very in line with my definition, which is like the secretive part. But also for me specifically, I'll say the way I define cheating is anything that you'll do with another woman that you'll do with me or for me. And I'll say specifically, like if you're treating her flirtatiously or you're giving her the same energy that you would give your wife in any way, then I feel like it's inappropriate and cheating. 
So just to go back, sharing your views and your expectations, this is the time where you want to express like, oh, this is how I define cheating. Also, these are my expectations um, when it comes to infidelity, when it comes to how I want you to be faithful to me. This is also the time where you guys can uh, negotiate and communicate and understand each other on a deeper level, understand why you feel those views and your expectations. And you guys can even connect on this. But at the end of the day, and the listener mentioned, she said, our expectation, she said that, she said that our definition of cheating at the end of the day, at the end of their conversation, they were able to come up on the same page and say, this is how we define cheating. And these are our expectations for one another. If it's secretive or things like that, but you cannot do that or come to that conclusion unless you're sharing your views and getting those understandings and kind of really working into those deep crevices of your emotions and your past and your histories and things like that. So Moving on, um, the next thing is encouraging open communication. Like I mentioned before, uh, with Junior and I, we talk about when we're attracted to other people, which sounds crazy, but ultimately what you're doing is, is creating a safe place for the conversation to be continued. Because after that first onset of communication, life is going to happen. Things are going to, you know, go haywire and the conversation may be, the conversation may need to be revisited. The next thing that I think is important to talk about is your needs. I talk about needs, wants, and desires in another episode on the podcast, so you can check that out if you want to. But it's super important to talk about your needs in a relationship because if you know what you need, then you know what you're vulnerable to. And sometimes infidelity is, you know, an exit strategy, but sometimes it's a cry for help. Sometimes it's people saying, I have this need. And instead of me coming to you and expressing to you that I have this need, I'm going to cheat to fill this need, which is not the right way to do it. However, talking about your needs in a relationship, it puts it out there on the table. So for example, if you are a person, you say you need affection, you need attention, you need quality time, you need gifts, whatever those things are, It's something that should be discussed because it allows both of you guys to know your vulnerabilities and your insecurities so that you on a personal level can work on strengthening those so that your spouse can help support you or even protect you or help meet your needs as much as possible. Even in busy seasons or hard seasons, having that conversation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and knowing what your needs are, are very important. I'll give you an example. My husband's needs are quality time. My need for sure is space, (laughs) which sounds like kind of crazy. I need time to be by myself, to do what I like to do, to recuperate, you know, rest and things like that. My husband needs quality time, which is kind of like the opposite, but I am mindful of my husband needs. I am mindful and intentional about like, dang, when's the last time we had a date night and thinking about that. And it's not in a way to create anxiety. Like if I don't meet my husband's needs, then he's going to go cheat on me. I like, I don't live that life anymore. If somebody want to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you. But 
to safeguard our relationship. He is mindful of his needs and communicating his needs, but I also am mindful of his needs and also of my needs and communicating my needs. Another thing that you want to do in this conversation is address triggers and boundaries. Um, This is huge because some of you guys have been cheated on already. Some of you guys were the cheaters. Some of you guys were traumatized by your parents' uh, cheating situations um, or friends or anything like that. And those things can be triggers. If you were cheated on and the person was always on their phone, when you get into a relationship and your partner is always on their phone, your your body and your mind is just going to be like, wait, hold on. This reminds me of something. And you may get triggered. So sharing your triggers with your spouse is important because you allow them to be aware and to help you, right? Because maybe they can say, hey, babe, I'm going to be working all day. I'm going to be on my phone just to let you know, right? That's helpful to you. But you can also, because you know, say, hey, babe, I see you on the phone the past couple of weeks and, you know, it's really just making me concerned. Um, I just want to let you know that this is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm at. And you could diffuse the situation instead of creating a story in your head and going wild and going crazy. And then now it's a whole different things. So addressing those triggers are super important. Creating boundaries can also help mitigate those triggers. For example, um, some boundaries that my husband and I have created are, you know, we don't talk to the opposite sex after 9 p.m. Um, we don't go on one-on-one dates, not dates, but like meetups with the opposite sex, um, things like that, because we just want to make sure we're doing everything that we possibly can with intentionality to protect our relationship from, from our vulnerabilities. So you also want to talk about trust and transparency, what that looks like. I'm not a huge sharer and my husband shares everything. (laughs) So um, one of the conversations we have to talk about is, you know, transparency um, with each other, but also with other people. But that is more of the same of what I've been talking about before. And of course, the last thing is seeking professional guidance. If you have had like a traumatic past with cheating and infidelity and, you know, you have a history or you've been a cheater, maybe you had a sexual addiction or you have mental health issues, right? When we add those real complexities, those like real like nuances to this conversation, it may be beneficial for you to get a therapist, a counselor, a relationship coach, somebody that can help you have the conversation and gives you like step-by-step tools so that it's a safe place for you guys. Because the last thing you want to do, if you know you have like um, some real trauma and some real like mental health issues or sexual addictions or any type of addictions, you want to make sure that you are not triggering yourself and you're not creating like a negative space um, about cheating. So that's how I'll kind of like cap this segment of how do you have the conversation about cheating? And again, just remind you guys that it's not assuming the worst. It's not saying that it is inevitable that you are going to get cheated on. That's not what we're doing. We are building trust, fostering open communication, and aligning our expectations to ensure a strong foundation for our relationships. That is what the conversation around cheating and infidelity does. So moving forward, I just want to briefly talk about my experience and my journey to where I've come now on my stance on cheating. And what I realized is that in the past in our relationship, though there was never cheating, there were things that I realized um, I did not like and I didn't appreciate, you know, that my husband would do like flirting, you know, or 
you know, giving somebody too much attention, things like that. And that has helped inform me and helped me to come up with a more solid definition of cheating for me and my expectations for him. It has also allowed me to set very strong boundaries of, you know, what is okay and what's not okay. Like I mentioned before, it was definitely a deal breaker. And um, like the listener said, she felt like it was the ultimate betrayal and that's how she was taught. And that is the the same place that I was in where it's like, this is the deal breaker. And to be honest, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, but now I would say that my stance on cheating is that God forbid that that is our situation. And, and that is something that happens in our relationship. I see it first and foremost, like, is this a mistake or is this some, the person you are? Right. And Esther Perel talks about how infidelity brings up two things like it's an identity crisis, but then there's like betrayal and hurt, you know, on the other end. So, you know, I have to think about those things where it's like, oh, well, is this who you are? Like, how long has this been going on? Things like that. But ultimately, I've always stand firm on the idea that if two people are willing to work something out, then it can be worked out. That is my current stance right now. And ultimately what the stance is, is open instead of it being like a rigid, like hard, fast line, you cheat on me, we're over, it's done. You know, it's like, yo, let's, can we rebuild this? If that is an option, I want to take that option. And I know that sounds crazy. And, you know, I really don't know, right? Because you don't really know how you're going to respond to cheating. But as far as I can tell right now where I am, that is where I stand. Um, So lastly, just to wrap up this episode, I want to address those of you who may have experienced cheating in the past or have currently experienced cheating in your relationship and you are stuck between the should I stay, should I go, what should I do, what's right, what's wrong. You know, I, I implore you and I hope that this episode and the books and all the materials and tools that I'm gonna leave in the show notes can help you to engage in conversations that maybe you haven't engaged in with yourself self like before because it you know it may be hot and popping right now in your relationship but really asking yourself certain questions that that may open your perspective it doesn't have to be stay or go it could be separate you know leave for a little bit come back or maybe it is leave there's so many different options but really and truly I want to share with you the tips and advice that came from Esther Perel's book that may help you to walk through this this situation because it is painful it is painful and something like infidelity, something like cheating doesn't just break a relationship. It shatters it. When you shatter something, you ain't trying to put the pieces back together. You're trying to re- rebuild something completely new, which is something that she mentions as well. But I'm just going to go through these really quickly. Um, and these are coming from Esther Perel's book. And this is her advice for resolving infidelity. She said the first thing that you want to do is have open communication Open and honest communication between partners following the discovery of infidelity is vital. So this includes creating a safe place for both partners to express their feelings, concerns, and needs without judgment. A third party may be may help you to navigate this. So maybe you have a pastor, uh, a trusted mentor, a therapist, if you can get a therapist. I know therapists aren't always accessible but yeah, even a relationship coach, if, if that's easier than to help you kind of walk through expressing those feelings. 
Another thing that she mentions is understanding motivations. And I thought this was really good because she says that when infidelity strikes a relationship, a whole heap of doubt comes and it's constant questioning like, where were you? Where did you do it? How often is she better in bed than me? These are questions that Esther Perel say inflict more pain. Instead, you want to try to ask investigative questions to understand the motives and the meaning behind the affair. These type of questions would be more useful to you. And she gives examples. She says questions like, what did this affair mean for you? What were you able to express or experience there that you could not that you could no longer do with me? What was it like for you when you came home? What is about us that you value? Are you pleased that this is over? So questions like this help you to find out and get to the root of the affair if you are trying to redeem the relationship. So another part of this to overcome um, infidelity in your relationship, she said there's a a big part of it that's self-reflection and accountability. And I'm going to read it how she says it here because she does it better than I do. (laughs) She's an expert, right? So she stresses the importance of self-reflection for both the unfaithful partner and the betrayed partner. The unfaithful partner should examine their own behaviors, motivations, and responsibilities, taking ownership of their actions. The betrayed partner can reflect on their own needs, desires, and contributions to, to the relationship, fostering a more balanced understanding of the situation. So, you know, it's very important that you take responsibility and accountability, as she mentioned. The next thing is rebuilding trust. Like I mentioned, like infidelity is something that shatters the relationship. You're not just rebuilding trust, you're rebuilding everything. Like that old marriage is dead and you just have to start from scratch, including trust. And also she mentions seeking professional help, as um, I stated before, ultimately embracing change and growth. And she says it this way, infidelity can be an opportunity for personal growth and transformation for both individuals and the relationship. Perel encourages couples to embrace the challenges as a catalyst for change, exploring new dynamics and redefining their connection in ways that align with their evolving needs and desires. So she just so beautifully put that, but, um, that is the tips and advice that she has according to her book, the state of affairs, rethinking infidelity on how to overcome infidelity. If that is a situation that you are in. So that is all that I have for you today in this episode. And of course, I would love to leave you guys with a quote by the great Esther Perel. And she says, sometimes when we seek the gaze of another, It isn't our partner we are turning away from, but the person we have become. We are not looking for another lover so much as another version of ourselves. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.